Hello. Hey, yes. Hey, uh, hey. <laughs> I don't know. This is what? episode number 108 of the Big Planet Comics Podcast, yeah. the most comprehensive comic book podcast on the internets today. Of the universe. Not yes. Of the universe. <laughs> and on planet Earth. My name is Kevin. I'm Nick. Okay. He's, he's sick. I'm Jared. I'm not sick. <laughs> I'm sick. I'm uh, so sick. Yeah. So uh, this is episode 108. And, uh, yeah, we're just, you know, I don't know. We're just podcasting. Yeah, we're just podcasting. Being comprehensive. We're just podcasting, you guys. Just you, bear with us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so what's, what's been going on, you guys? What's, what's up in the world of comic books? Stuff. Uh, we're changing the format. Uh, uh, throwing us this off. This is our first section called What's Up in the World of Comic Books. <laughs> uh, no, what have you guys been up to? Uh, yesterday was April Fool's Day. Oh, so the internet didn't work. <laughs> not, <laughs> not very well. Um, Isn't everybody sick of that now? I feel like, like you just, I just like stayed off the internet yesterday. Yeah, I, I was just too. like, I don't know, I don't want to deal done. with any of this. And I saw people posting like, oh, this is so terrible that uh, somebody posted a thing saying that Netflix is um, gonna bring back Firefly, and yep. it was like an April Fool's thing from 2011. Yep, <laughs> still good. Yikes! <laughs> it's like you guys are really doing a good job today. Um, yeah, so I got an April Fool's prank pulled on me by my girlfriend. Uh oh, she. uh I had a bar of soap in the bathroom. <laughs> and she was like, I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> yeah. And she threw, bar she, she, she threw the bar of soap in me. No, but she, uh, she, she, the previous night she had covered the soap in nail polish. Oh, wow. Uh, clear nail polish. So it, it just looked like an ordinary bar of soap, but it wouldn't soap up when I was using it. <laughs> and I was like, what the, what is wrong with this bar of soap? I just kept like trying to like figure it out. And then I had to get another bar of soap. Oh, that's too bad. And then she called and she's like, how was your shower? I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty She's good like, prank. Ah, pretty funny. Nick is dirty. It's humorous. <laughs> that's awesome. Good for her. Um, yeah. So that's what Nick's been doing. <laughs> that's all. That's all. Uh, that's all he's. Getting. I feel I've like I'm not. Again, I'm I not. Guess. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I feel like I'm not prepared for this podcast. I mean, I read these books, so <laughs> that's good. You're that's, somewhat prepared. That's mostly what we're here to do, right? Mm-hmm. What about you, Jerry? What have you been up to? Uh, all of my cousins came in for a pseudo reunion over the weekend, so we got to come by the comic book store and confuse Nick was pretty good he's like why are there so many people in the store i have so many people that look like With jared babies running around uh that was cool uh we went to the national building museum and their kids all ran around and played with other kids which is really weird i didn't realize that place is just like a kid playground on the weekends yeah i don't even know what that is it's over next to chinatown and it is a building that is a museum of like architecture and stuff oh, cool. but it used to be the old pension office so it's yeah. Like, it's an amazing design, and it's got pillars that are, like, 75 feet tall in the giant open atrium. It's really ornate, and then you walk in, and there are all these kids screaming, and I'm like, what's <laughs> going on? Sounds fun. And they got giant Legos to play with, so that was cool. And then uh, last night, I saw the Childish Gambino play. Oh, how was that? Nice. Really good. He was he was bringing the the really loud beats. Did he come in on a boat with LeVar Burton? <laughs> Not that I noticed. No. Does he normally do that? No. Uh, he left uh, his last episode of Community. He's traveling around the world on a boat with LeVar Burton. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What a good way to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. Didn't you go to some convention or something like that since our last podcast? I don't remember. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's good. I'm going to Mocha this weekend. Oh, yeah. I want to go to Mocha, but I'm not, I'm not going to. Wow. Right. <laughs> I want to go to Mocha, too, but I have to work for Jared. Hey-o. Oh. Boo. Boo. <laughs> uh, what have I been doing? I saw the Lego movie, finally. It was oh, really funny. So nice. good. And uh, I've been just writing comics. Oh, that's good. I had a couple people come in and congratulate me on my Bravest Warriors uh, story, so nice. that was nice. That's how, cool. how did they congratulate you on that? They were like, congratulations. <laughs> do it. Um, How'd they know about it? Uh, from the podcast. Oh, look at that. People yeah. listen to the podcast. The one that I posted two weeks late. Mm. They, knew, they knew from their Adventure <laughs> Time blog. Yeah, yeah. From, uh, yep. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. I've been writing, playing video games, uh, watching wrestling on the WWE Network. <laughs> nice. nice. Important things. WrestleMania is this weekend. Is it? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I think so. Uh, yeah, and that's about it. So let's just do some news. This podcast right. is going down <laughs> the toilet. <laughs> This just in, WrestleMania is this weekend. <laughs> in New Orleans, April 20-something. Thousands of people are going to attend. I was going to say millions. And millions will be watching around the world. <laughs> we uh, maybe. Maybe. Hey, one million. Yeah, yeah, considering Batista's in the main event. But anyway. <laughs> hey, yo. Anyway, in uh, some real news, uh, as real as it gets, um, so they're making a Queen and Country movie. That's cool. Starring Ellen Page. That's a good choice. Kind of weird, is it? No, no. I think she's all right for that. She's not quite the Tara Chase 
looking character, but that's she's supposed to be a spy who can change her looks all the time. Is the main character from Queen Country the same person from Whiteout? It's not said specifically, but that's highly implied. Okay. And there was a Whiteout movie, right? Yeah, which it apparently was, was terrible. Had um, Kate, uh, Beckinsale Kate, Kate Beckinsale in it, yeah. I believe. Yeah. It wasn't good, though. I did not see it. I didn't see it either, but I heard I it. I saw it. Terrible. It was not very good. Who right. is Craig Viveros? He's directing the Queen Country. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> He's just some guy. Okay. He, he directed a couple of movies, but there weren't anything. Like, one is called Ghosted. But, I don't but it's not based on the ghost no, graphic novel no, ghosted. I feel like uh, Queen and Country would make a good movie. Yep. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Make a good series of movies. And it's got Ellen Page in it, so it'll probably come out in the movie theater. Oh, no, <laughs> uh, What else we got? Oh, Forever Evil number seven yes. has been pushed back to May. Wow. And so have all the books tying into it. Yeah. <laughs> Except for maybe a few of them, which is really weird. So. Yeah, so, uh, yeah so, so is Nightwing number 30, Justice League 30, and Justice League of America 14. Uh, I just actually read all of Forever Evil. Because I was like, the last issue is coming out soon. <laughs> Me too. Oh, how wrong I was. Oh, you read all of it as well? Yep. What did you think? Uh, I was skimming at the end just to catch up real quick. <laughs> I thought it was uh, goofy and crazy fun. stuff happened. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's kind of yeah, entertaining that big enough. style crossover yeah. stuff they should be doing. It so. is a silly comic. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see what happens at the end. There is a comic called Nightwing 30 coming out. So I wonder if Nightwing's going to die. Probably not. Well, the weird thing is also uh, the the... Justice League of America 14 is now coming out after Justice, Justice League, League United, United whatever, which takes place after that. But I feel like Justice League United isn't like specifically like it's, gonna be it's not specifically team. replacing yeah. Justice League of America. It just like happens to be coming out at the same time. Oh, no, it's ending. replacing it. It's got some of the characters from it. Oh, too. does it? Yeah. Like no. Stargirl's in it and uh, Green Arrow. There you go. Sure. So, yeah. But Justice League United is basically Justice League Canada, right? Yeah, it was. That's what it was. But maybe I think they're still called that people. in the comic or something, but they go to outer space, so I guess. I don't know. Justice right. League Earth. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, Dan Slott announced that he's doing uh, this Spider-Verse storyline with uh, Spider-Man teaming up of ba- with basically every incarnation of Spider-Man that has ever existed. So, like, Spider-Ham is in it. That's and awesome. Spider-Man 2099. Spider-Man and Noir. <laughs> Spider-Girl from whatever universe Probably that the is. Marvel Age, Marvel A2. Right. Yep. Marvel. Which is cool. Mangaverse. That sounds, seems like a, sounds like a fun story. That's fun. Peter Porker. And Morlin is in this? Part. Yep, they're yeah. fighting Morlin. That's the dude from like the John Romita run, right? Right, yeah, and the Straczynski. Straczynski's. Oh, that's what I meant. Bad yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that'll be, I mean, all the dance slot stuff has been pretty good so far, so. Yeah. Uh, and the last bit of Spider-Man news, uh, Marvel announced that they're doing an ongoing Spider-Man 2099 series written by Peter David, who wrote the original Spider-Man 2099. That's super awesome. Yeah, and I think I feel like they set all that stuff up in Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, because so he's, not, he's not, trapped in the present. Yeah, so it's not surprising. All right. All right that's all. Spider-Man 2014. <laughs> <laughs> that's all our awesome news, you guys. This is the this is the worst episode of this podcast that we've that's ever right. done. That's all right. Nothing really welcome. <laughs> nothing really interesting happened in the world of comics the last few weeks. Uh, it's true. <laughs> so just stay, well, stay tuned. I, I hear there was a good convention out west, at Seattle. Oh yeah, yeah, that did happen. Emerald City Comic Con. Yep, uh-huh. there was some announcements. Very well. Announcements some good there. stuff going on. Uh, None uh, of us were there. Lumberjanes did really well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Lumberjanes advanced debuted and sold out at the show. Which so. Lumberjanes is going to be awesome. We'll be talking about it. Coming out next soon. week. Is it next week? Next week. Super nice. excited. Week. That's great. Uh, yeah. And speaking of Lumberjanes, we got some signings coming up. Some. We've got a million events going on. So, uh, first one is this Sunday, April 6th. Uh, Curtis Weeb and Rock Up Church are from the Rat Queens are going to be at our College Park store from 1 to 4. Then the Saturday after that, uh, Chris Visions, who is a local Virginia artist. This is, I believe, his first professional or big-time book. Uh, he went to VCU, the fine Virginia Commonwealth University down there, and is in Richmond and is, is drawing a book called Dead Letters. So he'll be coming to both our Vienna stores and College Park stores. So he'll be in Vienna from noon to 2, College Park 4 6. And then the weekend after that is the D.C. Convention Awesome Con, which we'll be setting up a booth at. And then a couple of weeks after that is Free Comic Book Day, which finally ties into what Kevin said. We'll be having not only the artist of Lumberjanes, Brooke Allen, but also co-writer Grace Ellis will be appearing at our College Park and Vienna stores. Then the week after that, on Wednesday, we're having Becky Cloonan and Sean Simon, who are working on True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys. And Becky has a collection of her mini comics called By Chance of Providence. They'll be at our Vienna store from 7 to 9 p.m. on a Wednesday. So it'll be more of a hangout session. It'll be much more fun than just sitting down and people signing. A sesh. <clears throat> a sesh. sesh. 
A few weeks after that in Vienna is the Viva Vienna Festival, which we will also have a booth at. Wow. Uh, it's a lot of stuff. Then the week after that, Saturday, May 29th, Box Brown and Pat Olicio will be appearing at our DC store uh, for his Andre the Giant book. And Pat, I believe, will have a new Bowman comic out. Sweet. And then a month after that is Free RPG Day, which will be at our Vienna and College Park stores. So a million things. Wow. Are That's happening. a lot of so many stuff. things. So many stuff. Yep overwhelmed with the stuff but hey that's what we do for you guys so. yeah jared is losing his mind mm-hmm. i've been overwhelmed he's just a little lost. update on jared's mind he's losing lost it. <laughs> uh, oh, losing it i still got some yeah cool. you still got a little bit yeah so uh that should all be fun and uh yeah i'm excited about free comic book day yeah it's gonna be great this I, year i read lumberjanes mm-hmm. i loved it uh and i just realized that uh the was it uh juice squeezers the new david lapham series uh, just the last issue came out today, but there will be a new short story with them in the free comic book day releases. Which oh, I'm that's awesome. About. Yeah. So they'll be doing more of those, which Juice is great. Is so good. Juice squeezers is good. All right. Uh, let's get into some questions, you guys. Sure. Okay. All right, we got a question from Nancy, and Nancy says, All right, Big Planet Comics Podcast. All right. I'm new to comics, and thanks to Jared and Nick, I think it was Jared and Nick. (laughs) It was. I've started reading uh, Nowhere Men and Why the Last Man, but surely there are things I've missed. What are your top five comics to give a comics novice? Nowhere Men, Why the Last Man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A lot of people ask us this. It's kind of a tricky question because it's such... A broad question for such a specific set of tastes. So generally, our thing we always do is kind of like try and get a feel of like what books do people like, especially if they're like someone like you who haven't read a lot of comics. It's it's hard to kind of drop people in. Um, but with those guidelines, I feel that it's kind of interesting because there's some stuff that is a great comic book, but is really bad for someone who hasn't read comics before. Yeah, I think that's true. So I think though, uh, Marvel as a superhero publisher has made a lot of strides recently on uh, with launching yeah. a lot of series that are good for new readers, and then Image is putting out a ton of great stuff. And Boom recently also has been doing really cool stuff. Yeah, so my- for me, my top five would probably be uh, Midas Flesh, interesting, uh, Miss Marvel, Nowhere Men, um, Saga. Yep. What is that for? Yep. And uh, Hawkeye. See, I was thinking about Saga because that's kind of tricky because it's such it's got a little bit of everything, but it's kind of a little. A lot in some ways, a little extreme in some ways. I think a lot of people, though, they, yeah. you know, if, if you're already interested in comic books, I think a lot yeah. of the elements of Saga are, are going to be pretty interesting yeah. to you. Yeah. And that first trade is so great. The whole the whole thing's great. Uh, yeah, I think Saga's a good one. Yeah, Saga's That's, definitely one of my go-tos. Them, most of the image books are my go-to, like the newer ones, like... Like East and West. Saga, East and West. Uh, Ghosted. Norman and uh, Lazarus, which I really like. Um, it's funny because I really like sex, but I hardly ever recommend that to people because I it's feel really hard. I always feel really weird recommending yeah. it to people because it has a lot of graphic sex in it, but it's yeah. really good. The same like Sex Criminals is going to be out in a collection soon too, and it's so good and so funny, but it's really hard to explain to people. Right. Um, but I mean, it's easy to explain, but it's it's sort hard of. in the way where you don't you feel like a little. Well, you just some people don't want to talk about that stuff with a complete stranger. Exactly. (laughs) So uh, that's understandable. Sex criminals is a little easier to explain. So it's it's, a little bit, yeah. Um, Um, And it's not as it's weirdly not as pervy as sex. Yeah, it's it's more fun. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. more fun. Uh, But yeah, those ones. Yeah, because man, because there's also like those are all the beginnings of series, and I feel like there's several things that are good standalone graphic novels that are really good, like the property and. Man, what else? Uh, other stuff that's around you, right? Oh, yeah. There are yeah. a million. All the Frederick Peters books. I feel like it's often like we find people we really like and be like, just read everything. Yeah, I always ask people. I mean, the first thing you ask is like, what are you into? Like, it's drama, sci-fi, fantasy. You know? Yeah. And then you go from there. <laughs> but, yeah. There's lots of stuff. Yeah. She also had a second question. If Uh-oh. you guys could have a theme park based on any comic, what would it be? Oh, man. Murder World. Uh, Avengers Arena. I feel like uh, th- like theme parks should uh, should be good for kids and adults. So uh, I would say probably Bone would be a, make a really great oh, theme park. That would be amazing. Uh, there's just cool. a lot of fun stuff in it, and that uh, would be great. Yeah, you you could ride. Uh, you could have a roller coaster with the with the dragon. Ted is that the name of the dragon? Uh, Ted's the bug. Oh, okay. The uh, dragon. I mean, what's the great red dragon's name? Anyway, yeah, you can have a you can ride around on the dragon. You can you know <laughs> go in a haunted by, house chased with, by rat creatures. Yeah, yeah. Get turned That'd into be fun. Also, uh, Dragon Ball Z would make a really incredible theme park wow yeah a that's great, a good idea too a great yeah. theme park man i didn't think about this so those ones battle royale <laughs> battle royale theme park <laughs> uh yeah i guess you could do that as well um 
I, I wish they had have, have actually built that nope. uh, crazy Jack Kirby theme park in the seventies. Oh, oh, where yeah, yeah they like designed all that crazy stuff. A, te- a Tezuka theme park would be pretty awesome. I think there probably is yeah. one in Japan, isn't there? Like maybe like an Astro there's Boy a, park. There's an eighty percent chance. <laughs> there's I know there's that Ghibli museum there, yeah. which has like a lot of crazy but stuff. Like a theme like, park, you could, like ride on the cat bus for right, a or a Miyazaki theme park. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I think awesome. any Donald Duck theme park would be pretty cool. That's definitely kind of just Donald Duck. No, like, you know, like <laughs> all the the Duck family. It's car- kind of like like an, a Carl like, Barks theme park. Yeah, it's kind of like, like an ignored part of you the could Disney call it legacy. Like Disney World, <laughs> no, Disneyland. Carl Parks. <laughs> Carl Parks. <laughs> Carl Barks. It's just like Carl it's Parks. Like, Carl Parks, sir. <laughs> it's not even <laughs> Carl Parks. Uh, it's not even Disney uh, related. It's just about him. Yeah, like yeah. his life. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's just like you get like there's like a one of those uh, there's like a roller coaster but it's just like his car yeah one is like him <laughs> you get on a plane and it's like him flying to Europe to do Disney comics or one of the rides is you just sit in a room and draw comics <laughs> uh, yeah so you know the Carl, Carl Parks would be the Carl best Parks, one and then yeah. probably the Bone and Dragon Ball Z ones after that uh, or, or uh, Why the Last Man would be really good ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, Only one man at a popular, time. Yeah, yeah. Popular one guy ladies. gets to go in a day, yeah. and then uh, all the women that go in uh, get to form gangs and hunt them down. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, and if you're if you're a member of the Israeli military, you get in for free. Uh, well, yeah. Well, thanks for the question, Nancy. Yeah. Uh, you should come in and buy those other books we were talking about. Yeah. Yep. You'll probably like definitely them. buy sex because don't ask me to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Just buy it and yeah. say I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, Midas Flesh is the best book in the world, though, and She Hulk. It's pretty great. All right. Oh, uh, so good. Uh, you guys want to do some reviews? Sure. Let's do it. We love comics, they're swell, except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. All right. Up first this week, we've got um, what do we got? We got all new Ghost Rider number one. This is written by Felipe Smith, uh, who wrote Peepo Chu, wrote and drew Peepo Chu, <laughs> Peepo Chu, uh, which is a, a really great series. And uh, art by Trad Moore, who drew the two Luther Strode miniseries, and uh, also drew some stuff for Batman. He drew an point. issue of Zero. He drew an issue of Zero. He's a really great artist, and uh, this has really great writing. So this is a brand new Ghost Rider, you guys. What? <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is a guy named Robbie Reyes. So many people complaining about him driving a car. Yeah. I, well, weird. it's funny. I, I had a couple people come in who were like, new Ghost Rider series. I'm super excited. They take off their motorcycle helmet, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, he's got a car. <laughs> and then they put their motorcycle helmet back on, and then they drive away. Uh, I totally missed this. Do you see the speedometer goes from heaven to hell? That's oh, amazing. yeah. I did see that. Oh, man. The design on this book is so good. Yeah. Uh, so this is... Um, Oh, I had the name of the guy. I asked Trad who drew the logo, and he told me because I thought the I think the logo so the logo is great. But I, yeah. I forgot who it was. But uh, um, yeah. So the the this is a new character, Robbie Reyes, who is kind of like a, a younger kid who lives in a bad part of town. He's a mechanic, East and, LA. Yep, in East LA, and he gets in uh, a little bit of trouble with a local gang. Yeah, he's like trying to first. He's trying to defend his like brother who's who's uh, in a wheelchair and. Some people are picking on him, and he 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 picks a fight and loses. Yeah, and then it ends up he is a uh, a guy who races. Yeah, like and street he races. Likes, yeah, he likes to street race. And so a, a big chunk of this book is this like sort of illegal Fast and the Furious type street race. Yeah, but he's doing it to like what get money for his his to support him and his brother. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So he's a very sympathetic character. I feel like I think he's yeah. I think he's really well done. So all the layouts during the race and stuff are amazing. This, uh, this, there's a double page spread that literally I've showed everyone when I talk about this comic book where it's the him starting to race and like it's small panels intercut of him like shifting and you know it's like the speedometer thing and like... then it cuts to another small panel of the speedometer going up and then back to another scene of him doing something and the speedometer going up and it's just like such a clever way of showing and like getting the idea of, of speed across and that ah. yeah it's, it's got, a hard like, thing to do in a comic book for sure got, like, but the i think kind they of like it. blurred speed lines of the lights like yeah. akira everything in this is very it. kinetic yeah in a lot of ways and and this might put some people off but i don't care because it's awesome uh yep. this reminded me a lot of the speed racer movie yeah bit, uh yeah. the just the way the the action in the race was and stuff and i won't put anyone off because no one saw it yeah well they should because it's great. it was really good uh it's better than the matrix and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and you know the th- then a thing happens at the end and he becomes ghost rider <laughs> there's a, yeah there's a huge crazy like thing that happens it's uh and it's weird. It's not like there's not like a lot of the like it's not like a lot of like there aren't like scenes that take place in hell and like weird stuff like that. Yeah, not it's, yet. it's just kind of more about him so far. And yeah, I, yeah. I found that really interesting. I thought uh, I thought the dialogue was really well written. He's got like, you know, it just feels like people talking, which is great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 
you know, they did a good job with the story of, of you kind of root for him and his brother. Mm-hmm. And then the art is just so dynamic and incredible. Yeah. yeah. Like he does a very cartoony style for the humans and like hyper realistic detailed for all the machinery. And I think it goes together really, really well. Like, yeah. It's awesome. It's a great contrast. Yeah. It reminds me of Speed Racer. Reminds me of the an- anime movie um, Red Line a good bit as well. And uh, just a few other things that are pretty awesome. It reminds me a little bit of Toby Cypress's Rod Racer. Initial D. Initial D. Initial D is nuts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so that's uh, that's all new Ghost Rider number one. Highly recommended. I feel like highest a, recommendation. I feel like a lot of people are. They're like, I do not want to read a Ghost yeah, Rider comic. A lot yeah. of people said that, I'm, and like the last Ghost Rider comics were really good too. What were the last ones? The Jason Aaron ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah Garth yeah. Ennis did a couple. Yeah, yeah. Like they've been some really good stuff recently. I think this, this one's the amazing. best. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Up next, uh, what do we got here? We've got Caliban number one. This is written by Garth Ennis, who wrote, who wrote Preacher and Rover Red Charlie. <laughs> yep. And uh, and the art in this is by Facundo Persio, who I, who I don't know. but uh, He's done some other stuff. I think he's done some Avatar recently. stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so this is an Avatar book. and yep. But I thought, unlike a lot of the recent Avatar books, this doesn't seem to be all about sort of boobs and gore. It seems to have a better, cool kind of like space horror story. But, yeah. Th- we're, we're kind of worried that it may shift in that direction, kind of like uh, Skin Trade did uh, recently. But it's off to a much more promising start. I mean, that book is also called Skin Trade. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> uh, but basically, this is uh, a very kind of like down, I wouldn't say down to earth, but you know, like a very, like, what's the alien feel of the alien movies? You know, where it's kind of like very grimy. Um, ominous. No, uh, it feels like, very lived in. Yeah, very lived yeah. in. It's yeah. basically a crew who is flying a ship full of uh, people frozen in, you know, sleep as they're flying through hyperspace or whatever. And it's mainly just the oh, crew, crew who's awake, talking out, waiting to, you know, get through the end of their ship. Uh, coming back into normal space, and yet while they're flying through light speed or whatever weird thing they're doing, warp speed, right? Warp speed, sure. Uh, They crash into something else, which is completely, you know, never has happened before, and they just freak out and immediately stop their ship, dropping back into normal space, and find that they have somehow merged with some sort of different ship, which is probably an alien spaceship. Definitely Um, an alien spaceship. We don't know. It's definitely not a human spaceship. Yeah. I guess they do show kind of creepy dude hanging there. But yeah, so it's it's got that kind of creepy vibe of like just crashing into the unknown and not knowing how to deal with stuff and yet that very grounded feeling of like we're just, you know, working people on a ship trying to do our thing. So I thought it got like the vibe across very well and had some good characterization of just building up this crew. So you kind of, you know, it was a very shorthand for everybody. Yeah, it's got really good really pacing. promising start. Yeah. yeah, I thought, I thought, yeah, the pacing was good. The atmosphere was really solid. It reminded me a lot of like, uh, like just good space horror stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, it seemed like, a, yeah, or... but like better than Event I mean, Horizon. A little bit of like Prometheus, maybe. Well, definitely in the sort of alien that they show, reminded me a lot of yeah. Prometheus. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, like a little bit like Hellraiser Bloodlines. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Space. Uh, Hellraiser Bloodlines uh, is is all right. No, 1996 right. Hellraiser movie <laughs> on a space it's, station. It's, it's got a robot missed in that it. one. Um, yeah, but, you know, I, I think I'm a sucker for this stuff. You know, Alien's one of my favorite movies. And, Me too. Uh, I love that stuff. So uh, I thought that this was good. We'll see where it goes. Uh, but hopefully he keeps it up. But Garth Ennis has been really hit and miss with his Avatar stuff. Yeah. For me, mostly missed, to be honest. I thought Cross was cool. But then stuff like Stitched hasn't really done it for me. Rover Red Charlie. I'm I not... love Rover Red Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> but not for the not for the yeah. reasons that you would love something like this, right? It's right. just like... Yeah, no, it's different. Yeah. It's, it's a, much more messed up. It's a weird book. Uh, yeah. So, but the first issue was good. And uh, yeah, we'll come back. We'll let you know what how the second issue is. Yeah. All right. Up next, we've got... Uh, the empowered special number six, <laughs> internal medicine. Uh, this is written by Adam Warren, who uh, usually writes and draws empowered, yep. and used to draw um comics in the back of Enter uh, uh, EGM magazine. Did he Electronic oh, Gaming Monthly? Nice. Uh, yeah, and he did like Gen Thirteen and stuff too, I believe. Yep. Yeah, and uh, but the art in this, and is the, mostly the reason we're talking about this, is uh, by Brandon Graham, who of course does um. Stuff, stuff, multiple warheads. Well, yeah, I don't know. Multiple King warheads. City. King City. He writes profit, and it has recently come out as a Zodiac Star Force fan. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's totally awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I don't really read Empowered, but I thought you could kind of just jump right into this comic and read it. Yeah, uh, I don't really read Empowered either. <laughs> um, I've read some of it, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't even. 
Do you not know, remember what to, happened in the series? I don't remember <laughs> how to describe it. Empowered, well, Empowered is, is basically this hero. She's, it's she's a very cartoony superhero. It's like goofy superhero. The joke is that like she gets in fights and her clothes like, fall off. She gets right. powers from her costume that is so fragile that so it will instantly get ripped whenever she's fighting someone. So then she loses her powers and ends up half naked and usually tied up. So it's that weird kind of like... It's like super cheesecakey, cheesecakey, goofy, right. but fun superhero commentary stuff. Yeah, I don't remember what else happened in this game. Oh, really? Okay. So anyway, <laughs> in this one, uh, uh, Empowered teams up with her friend, who's basically a super nurse, Ninjet. That's Ninjet. right. <laughs> yeah, and well, Ninjet, and they end up going to a hospital where they have to go on a mission to save someone. And the hospital, of course, is super powered, so like every floor is full of monsters right, or like right, that's it. Mo- people from another dimension or whatever. And basically, they end up going and fighting people and going to sort of a different dimension. And then yeah, there's this aliens. There's this giant alien that's floating over the hospital, and and basically, like its its baby is inside the hospital, and it wants it back. So they dive into the baby's butthole, and (laughs) that's right. And it's all coming back to me. (laughs) So yeah, so like I said, super goofy, but really fun, uh, really frenetic pace, and just. It, it's fun. Yeah, it know? was good. Uh, I thought the coloring was great too. I yeah, I, I love Brandon Graham's art, and uh, this no. made me actually want to go back and read some other Empowered stuff because yeah, I other thought stuff the writing is was the fun. same kind of style. Like yeah. it's really fun. Uh, there's some interesting bits early on where she kind of like gets a crush on like one of the henchmen of the bad guys who eventually ends up being her boyfriend. So they got this weird relationship of like, how do we date each the, other? The and art stuff, is the real draw in this one. I think Warren's stuff is pretty good on its own, but oh, this no, is definitely in too. a better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all right. So up next, I'm gonna Nick. I'm gonna you're gonna talk about this one, okay? All right, yeah. This is the field number one. I do remember okay. everything. That happened. <laughs> this is written by uh, Red Empowered like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, this is written by Ed Brisson. Who? What does he? What does he write? Does he write Fuse? He wrote Comeback. Oh yeah, he yeah. might write Fuse. No, yeah. no, Fuse is Anthony Johnson. Yeah. Uh, and the art in this is by Simon Roy, who draws Profit. Yeah, that's true. yeah, and uh, yeah, this is kind of uh, like a. Hitchcock meets Joyride kind of horror comic. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's it's kind of got this sort of maybe played out kind of beginning where this guy wakes up in a in a field uh, and he <laughs> yep. doesn't remember who he is. Yep, which is kind of a thing we've seen even in like uh, something else that came out this week, Dead Letters or something. Right? Yeah, it's a common. It's like people start w- to waking up without having any memory of who they are and how they yeah. got there. But um, but it can be good too because yeah. you know that's sort of the same thing that happened in Sintatula, which is a book that we all love. Right. So. Yeah. And this one has like it, it's got a better pacing than some of these things. Uh, so he wakes up in a field, and all of a sudden these guys show up, and they're like chasing him, and he, he's a uh, you know he's he almost gets killed, and this guy pulls up in a car, and he's like, "Hey, get in my car, come with me." And at the same time, he's getting a text that says, "Do not get in this guy's car." Right. And it says, yeah, like, so "Run his, away." His only like memory isn't in really memory; it's just he keeps getting weird clues or he's getting unknown advice text. from yeah. his from his phone and trying to, so obviously they know what's going on or they're spying on it so yeah it's a very yeah, good so, i thought that aspect yeah i think that's a really, really weird vibe yeah, yeah i thought yeah, it was, was great cool. yeah and it's a very like modern tw- twist on like yeah. a hitchcock, hitchcock type thing uh where so like yeah he, he meets up this with this guy and this guy turns out to be kind of really religious and uh, completely, completely insane, insane. Yeah, yeah uh um and he goes to a diner with him and uh He's having a conversation. He gets another text. It's like, he's going to kill you. Get out of there. And then uh, some really crazy stuff happens, and then it ends. But it's uh, it's very interesting. I'm not sure. I feel like I have no idea where it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is actually kind of a little bit of the point of it. Yeah, that's what it's trying to do. You I feel think. very, you know, you kind of identify with this guy because yeah, you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, along for the ride <laughs> and don't know what to do. Yeah. There's also one page where it cuts away to these people doing, like, experiments in a lab, which is like, I don't, I don't know how this ties in, but. We'll see. It's pretty interesting, though. I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was an intri- uh, an intriguing first issue. Yep. Yes. All right, up next, we've got uh, Inhuman number one. This is written by Charles Sewell. I'm, uh, yeah. Do we, is that right? Soul. Soul. Charles Soul, uh, <laughs> who has been writing She-Hulk, which, by the way, She-Hulk number three was probably the best comic that came out this week, uh, and um, also wrote Strongman in 27. And the art in this is by Joe Matarera, who, <laughs> who did the um, those... Th- those video games Dark. he did battle chasers he did battle chasers 75 years ago and uh those video games avenging spider-man four years ago what were those video games he did savage wolverine dark siders dark siders was that it yeah that's so that's yeah. what he's been doing recently and uh yeah he did some savage wolverine and yeah um and i can never say his last name right so this is uh coming out of 
uh, the End of Infinity and the Inhumanity series, where basically the Terrigan Mists, which are these... <clears throat> oh, the Terrigan Mists are hard to explain. Basically, it's like a mist that, that the Inhumans use to uh, evolve their kids at a certain age to get their superpowers. Right. But they've been released all over the world. And so the people that are able to evolve from them are being evolved. So yeah. it's very similar to mutants, but just with this agent of this mist that's Yeah, like the inhumans have spread out throughout the world, you know, over time. There's like lost tribes of inhumans. So it's more just like people don't know that they suddenly have the potential to get weird have, powers. Have been on Earth forever, you know. Yep. So so this issue in human is is about this guy who's basically going around and finding these people as they're activated and then seemingly killing them, killing them if they're not worthy. Yeah, he's, he's from like a like a tribe of inhumans that uh, that kind of very selective about what they keep around, so they like they don't give powers to everybody. And, it's kind of like a, a twist on the typical what we knew about the inhumans, like the inhumans, like Black Bolt and Medusa and all them. They give everyone the chance to go through the mist. And this right. guy's kind of like, no, this is a very important thing, and only the worthy should do it. So the fact that everyone is doing it now, he's, he's really going out and being like, nope, we got to kill you because you're not worthy. And he's Wait, very, this guy. Critical. So this goes through uh, him Akuma, finding. Right? <laughs> I don't remember his name, but he looks exactly like Akuma, Akuma from Street Fighter. Right. And uh, yeah, um, but yeah, this goes through him like finding a couple people, you know, one person that he doesn't think is worthy. And then uh, at the end, uh, he kind of has a little face-off with Medusa, and they basically declare war on one another. Yeah, so it's basically he's trying to kill all these people, and she's trying to save all of them. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was an interesting first start yep. to an issue, uh, to a series. I, I, I've liked Charles Sewell's Soul's writing for a, a long time, and I think it's his dialogue and the story are really solid in this as well. Um, I've never been a huge fan of Joe Mad's art, but, you know, that's so subjective. It's just, right, it's right, just right. not for me. But, uh, yeah, it was a good first issue, and... I'll read more of it. I will say of all the Marvel first issues that have come out recently, this is kind of the it's, – it's not as um, – It was the most Marvel in that you yeah. kind of had to know a little bit more about the universe than right. the others it's were easy to stuff. jump on. Yeah, and it yeah. doesn't have the personality of something like Miss Marvel or um, yeah. right. you know, Ghost Rider or our next book that we're going to talk about, Silver Surfer number 1. By uh, Written by Dan Slott, who's been writing Spider-Man, and art by Mike Allred, who if you don't know who that is, go listen to another podcast. <laughs> there's, there's people, people are so torn on Mike Allred. People either love him or like completely hate him. Yep. Somebody, I was like, Again. somebody came in. I was like, did you read the new Silver Surfer? And they were like, is that that book with that crappy art? Yep. Uh, yeah. Like, there's oh. so many people that hate it. They yeah. come in you know, that's, I, I talked to a lot of people about Ghost Rider, and they're like, no, the the people in this are too cartoony. It, there's a real divide in the superhero fans of. They're weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, if you like superhero comics and you're listening to this, you're weird. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's like. So. <laughs> I, I, they just want the same thing over and over again. They don't want the same thing, they but they want a style. Anyway, Silver you Surfer know. was awesome. It's like Doctor Who, but with Silver Surfer. Yeah. You should read it. It's exactly um, like Doctor <laughs> Who. It's uh, It starts off exactly like the Matt Smith Doctor Who, where there's this little girl who sees. You know, the Silver Surfer. Well, she sees a falling star and she wishes on it. And she it's, it turns out that it's actually the Silver Surfer bringing Galactus to Earth to eat it, which is pretty funny. Um, and then it cuts to, like, you know, years later and Silver Surfer is on this, uh, gets gets chosen by this these weird aliens to come save their, their home. The Empiricon. Uh, the Empiricon, which is a crazy, impossible world. And um, and she's like she's very much like a companion in Doctor Who. Like yeah. she's lived her whole life wanting to travel all over the place and just like never getting the chance. And then Silver Surfer shows up and he's like, "Hey, you want to come with me?" Well, no. So the even better thing yeah. is like, the the end is the best part of this. So I'm gonna. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just spoil it. What, what he uh, says? I don't, I don't know, know if really. That's really funny. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, you, you, you can. I, it's I pretty it, funny. I think it's kind of important. It's, it's, it's kind really of awesome. funny. Like so. So these people want him to save their planet, and as an insurance policy, they're like, we're going to take the person that you love the most and ho- hold them here. Until yeah, basically, you, instead of being like, you're you a hero, they're like, nope, nope, we don't trust you. We're going to blackmail you by yeah, kidnapping like our this insurance person. Policy. And he's like, here's this girl, the most important person to you. And he's like, who is that? I've never seen <laughs> yeah, her before. And it's yeah, this, this girl this who before. wished upon a star 12 years ago and has now grown up. Yeah, so I think it's going to be very much like the trial of Jean Grey in that it will be <laughs> not something that has happened yet, 
but she'll end right. up being the most important person in his life. Right. I hope so. And then we'll so all... she wears uh, cool Converse like many Mike Allred characters. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was great. I loved it. Uh, if you don't like Mike Allred, you will not like this book. Yeah, but not if at all. you but if you're open to uh, very Kirby inspired art, I think yeah. you'll love it was, this. It was really fun. Yeah, I thought it was really fun too. And inventive. One one complaint I heard was that there wasn't enough sort of silver surfery space stuff in it. Yeah. But I think that's because it's the intro really? issue. So we're gonna get a lot of that stuff He's pretty like soon. I mean the whole issue takes weird... place. I'm not saying that <laughs> This is not a complaint I have. Yeah. The whole issue takes place in space and, and on a weird planet. <laughs> There's a double page spread of the Empiricon, which literally, like Kevin said, is and right so maybe they just meant not enough spread. fighting. Silver Surfer is There's in almost, a lot of fighting. He's in almost every panel, and there's always almost always stars behind him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't argue with me. It's not I'm not the one who said it. Uh, all right, up next. <laughs> anyway, uh, Silver Surfer was great, by the way. Up next, yep. we've got Real Heroes number one. This is actually uh, written and drawn by Brian Hitch, usually just an artist uh, yeah. who drew America's Got powers and the ultimates uh and the ultimates uh but uh and now he's taking on some writing tasks as well so this one is basically it, it opens up with a very superhero-y you know superman type dude fighting giant monsters and you're like okay cool and then he's got a whole team of superheroes it's very very standard which is weird because it goes on for eight pages and then you realize that this is merely a avengers type movie set on earth or a, you know just a normal world uh, and it is just them watching this giant blockbuster They're superhero the film. Yeah. Um, and then it goes to deal with all these actors who are, you know, at the premiere and like their kind of reactions and kind of finding out what the people who are playing these heroes in this film are really like. And yeah, you find out a little bit about their how they relate to each other. And, yeah, you know, you've got all the typical ones, like the person who's just like a musician who's trying to make it in acting, and like kind of the flaky people, and then the yeah, ones and who are like, like the, the jerks and the Robert Downey Jr. guy who's like kind of uh, into drugs, but also sleeps yep. with a lot of women and stuff. Yep. So there, there's some tropes, but they're all pretty well built out characters, and it's pretty fun. And then in the middle of this premiere part after party, one of the big monsters they had in the in the film, they built a giant like. Uh, moving contraption of it as kind of like a the promo giant, piece. A giant, no, a giant robot shows up and starts right. killing everybody. That's what I'm saying. It's not a promo piece. They right, think that's it's the a thing. So they think that this has just gone, right. something has gone horribly wrong. But it turns out that no, this is a real robot that is basically a live thing from the movie. And should we do the twist on this one? Yeah. We kind of have to. I mean, this is basically like. Uh, last action hero. hero. Yep, for all the people who saw that. Or maybe. Uh, Somebody else had another good one. Keep going. I'll think oh, yeah. about it. But anyway, so they are saved by one of their assistants, whoever, who grabs them and basically pulls them through a dimensional portal and brings them into a destroyed America where he's like, uh, yeah, so in our this world I've just brought you into, there are real superheroes, and I need you actors to become the superheroes you played in this movie. Yeah, because the superheroes they played in in the movie existed in this dimension, and then yep. they got killed. Yep. So it's basically like Galaxy Quest. That's there the, we That's go. the one that the guy told me. So it's basically these actors... Um, being sent to this world to be real superheroes, um, which is, is pretty interesting. Uh, I will say that I think Brian Hitch probably needed, uh, some more editing maybe on this book. I like some of it's, uh, like a lot of it near the beginning, especially is very, very wordy. Um, yeah. a little too wordy at times. There's a, I don't know. Um, but eventually I, f- I started liking it about halfway through cause I, it it got a little more sparse with the dialogue and uh yeah, I kind of like the some of the characters personalities and the premise was interesting enough and I you know I like Brian Hitch's art and I think it's fun for kind of this superhero yeah, stuff Yeah the big big style stuff The real test will be the second issue cuz I yep. I didn't really like these the beginning with the superheroes in this world I didn't like the characters or like I, I it was just too Yeah that's why I thought they were pretty much the Avengers you know yeah. there's an archer and like a you know a fast, fast guy, guy a strong superman type that's why I thought the opening bit of the actual movie they were watching was too long cuz yeah. it just set up this very standard superhero trope universe that's what I'm saying and I was right? kind of like he needs yeah. some editing here So yeah I didn't think like, about that 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 could have been two pages and yep. it would have been fine you know or yeah, yeah. anyway so yeah, I definitely like the twist. I thought the characters were cool, so I'm looking forward to issue two. But yeah, your point about it, maybe <laughs> if it's all them being superheroes, I won't like this as much. So we'll, see. we'll see. Yeah. What did you think, Kevin? I don't care. Uh, speaking of superheroes, up next, we've got <laughs> Detective Comics number 30. Uh, this is uh, by Francis Montepula and Brian Busoletto. Uh They're the team that were working on Flash for a while. And uh, forever, yeah. Are they co-writing this together? And yeah. then they, they list the... it as like co-creators. Yeah. So yeah. Um, 
uh, storytellers. There you go. Uh, yeah, but um, I th- this is uh, but this is the, the first time they've come on to Detective Comics, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it was John Layman before this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and this is the beginning of a new storyline called Icarus, which is uh, about a drug called Icarus, which they call Ick in this. Right. That ick. Yeah, yeah, ick. Give me that yeah. ick. But uh yeah, and it's so this is uh I thought this was a cool Batman story. Basically I really like it. It, it it's uh about Batman kind of hunting down the people that are distributing this drug at the beginning of the story. And then uh they introduce this new character, um Elena Aguila, who um uh, basically, Bruce Wayne owns all the waterfront property in the city, uh, which has turned into a really bad neighborhood. And a lot of big corporations want to sort of uh, turn it into, you know, like a like an expensive, fancy area. Right. But what she wants, instead of gentrifying it, is for them to sort of build up the neighborhood and help out the families that actually live there. And he agrees to do that. And uh, after that, things start to go pretty crazy yeah. because it seems like the people that want um, to make a lot of money have a lot of problems with that happening <laughs> yeah the thing i liked about this it was like the opening scene is like a bunch of uh chinese kids have been kidnapped by the gang that's doing these drug sales and so they're kind of like uh, using the kids as like cheap slave labor or whatever and that the area that of the the docks is a very like ethnic immigrant area so i felt it was kind of like an interesting build on to gotham that we haven't really seen of kind of like who would people that move to gotham and like kind of what's the culture there so that was kind of a nice yeah, i don't twist. think i've ever seen like a part of gotham where it's like about you know the immigrants and stuff yeah there's like a thing yeah i mean you say like arrows sometimes which is like a sort of bad neighborhood yeah uh but yeah i thought it was a cool thing and i thought elena was a really good kind of contrast because she deals with bruce wayne and it's a good like batman doing his thing and bruce wayne doing his thing like kind of the two sides of him were played off of each other very well yeah it reminds me a lot of uh that was a like a big part of what made the first scott snyder yeah batman storyline really good i thought and uh i think this has a little bit of this also uh her daughter's really cool she's like uh oh right she's, she's like, like a, a motocross motocross like an x games motocross yeah, girl. yeah. she's yeah. like travis pastrami from motocross but uh <laughs> yeah yeah uh I, th- I thought the whole issue was good his uh the art's really fantastic Art and cool. it um, yeah. that he's he uh monopole does this kind of pastel watercolory thing and i wondered how it would translate to batman but uh it it works really well yeah, and uh really cool. he's he always has a really good sense of movement and stuff so i thought it was pretty cool yeah good issue awesome. uh good on you dc but now something good, good uh <laughs> all right up next we've got uh jan's atomic heart and other stories this is uh, a collection of three stories by simon roy maybe five or six is there's it? a lot of short stuff in the end so. oh at the yeah yeah, yeah. uh but the main of, one is kind of one main yeah. story called jan's atomic heart so this is all stuff that's written and drawn by simon roy who is uh the artist on profit and on also the field which we talked about this week and uh this is kind of some sci-fi stuff that he did when he was younger yeah it's he kind of like has a cool little intro thing where it's he draws himself working on some abandoned space station and it's like, like drawing in the, comics in the middle yeah. of a war and he's like oh hey there folks he's like totally breaking the fourth wall and he basically explains this is stuff like after he graduated college like from right around then to his current time these are all the stories he's worked on and trying to kind of put them in order but they're, they're all sci-fi themed a lot of like really cool robots and kind of like futuristic european settings and like lots of moons and i don't know it, yeah it had, like, space stations and yeah stuff. like all this kind of cool like near future uh technological stuff and, and i think the main story is the one that's kind yeah, of the title story yeah it's called jan's the atomic heart for sure and it's it's basically about a guy that um has a temporary robot body because his was destroyed yeah he's killed in an accident and they load him into a robot yeah <laughs> and then he, and then insurance then, clears him out or something yeah and then from there stuff gets kind of crazy yeah so it turns into kind of like a political thriller conspiracy thing that like his best friend is like trying to like talk him through it because he's all depressed about being in this very old junky robot body but at the same time you realize that uh the the robot body he's in has been used by a group of moon terrorists on on the moon who are like blowing everything up using those robots and so he realizes that his new robot body or his old robot body he's in might be rigged up to be a bomb so he and his friend are like kind of like trying to figure out like who do we talk to to the cops and like how do we figure out like are you going to explode at any minute like what's going on and so it's kind of like a cool thriller that builds up as it goes yeah, I thought it was great. It, yeah. it had, like, elements of, like, a Twilight Zone episode in yep. some ways. Uh, like, the episode where nobody remembers who the guy is. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me of that a little bit. And then I think, um, you know, I'd say if you're a fan of something, you know, like uh, like King City or yeah. um, especially, like, Old City Blues, the Giannis Milo Giannis book, yeah. that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, I think you... It's uh, kind of Blade Runner-y feel yeah, to a yeah, lot definitely. of it. Um, then he has, like, some short stories that were just, like, 
on an alien world where there's like sentient beasts that you ride around and the, you know, the person who rides it are on a mission and they're patrolling, you know, it's just like some very short, very quick. He said like one of these stories was actually published in heavy metal. That's like that kind of like old school heavy right. metal yeah. feel to a lot of this. But then they almost have like a slice of life kind of yeah. feel to him too. It's just like, here's like a dude like for a few minutes inside this crazy world. Yep. Right. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was all cool. I like Simon Roy's art. Yeah. And, his uh, world building is amazing on yeah. this. They're all really feel right. Yeah, him. so uh, I'd say, especially if you're a fan of Prophet and awesome. his stuff on that, uh, yep. check this out. Yeah. All right, uh, we just got a couple more things. Uh, wait, do we just have one more thing? Got a couple more. Two more? What, what are the two? Are we doing Iron Patriot? Sure. Iron Patriot no. was not good. Don't read it. I disagree. Oh, okay. Well, Jared, Iron Patriot number one was written by Alice Cott, who wrote the miniseries Change and is writing Secret Avengers, and it has art by Gary Brown and uh, Louis Gossett Jr. is in it. So did you? No, sorry, zero. <laughs> yeah. Did you? How did you feel on this one, Nick? Uh, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I wouldn't say this was great, but I thought it was okay. Yeah. Yep. And with all the comics coming out, are you really going to tell somebody to read a just okay comic? No, but you're saying it was bad, and I'm not saying this is bad. It was just no. I just said don't read it. Did I say it was bad? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's not bad. Don't read it. <laughs> I was like, whoa, don't read. It's not bad. Don't read yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know, Jerry. I mean, tell people what it's about. It's about James Rhodey. James Rhodey. Rhodesy. James Ro- James Rhodesy, uh, and it's about him being Iron Patriot, and um, yeah. I don't know. Well, he decides. Like, <laughs> I'm going to cut this part out. <laughs> but, like, he, deci- he decides that he uh, he doesn't want to work for the military anymore, and he just want to wants to handle more like domestic stuff going on in in just in America, um, not worry about the rest of the world. Um, and a lot of people don't like that. And um, you know, most of this is mo- about him and his dad and their relationship, and and his nephew. It's like not his son, right? The no, little no. kid. It's his yeah, nephew. Yeah. yeah. Um, and his dad is Louis Gossett Jr. <laughs> from the Iron Eagle movies. Uh, yep. Yep. Um, yeah, he really he does look exactly <laughs> like Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just thought I thought the relationship with him and his dad wasn't that interesting to me. Yeah. And I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. We'll right. see if it gets better. Our yeah. Patriot, our highest recommendation. <laughs> uh, I do like Alice Scott's stuff, though. Like, yeah. I, I'm yeah. really liking Secret Avengers right now, and um, Zero is really good. Zero is good. Uh, if something about this one just fell a little flat for me. We'll see. Uh, all right, so we've got one more book left this week. This is The Amazing Spider-Man Family Business. This yes. is uh, co-written by Mark Wade and James Robinson and co-drawn by... Oh, yeah, how, how does this break down? So, how are you pronouncing his name? Werther Deladera did pencils on this and then Gabriel del Otto came did, in and finished the it. painted art and okay. it looks yeah. all painted to me so i assume that was he did the finishes over it all yeah yeah so i would yeah cuz it, sure it definitely what pencil all looks means painted. in this yeah uh, it probably just means he did the pencil i, I think oh, the layout, i think some other people work in yeah. similar ways right. but uh yeah so uh this is a story about uh peter parker and uh a new character named teresa parker what? Yeah, <laughs> right. this blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as the comic starts out, you get a little, a uh, little bit of the kingpin uh, freeing Mentalo. Is his name Mentalo? Get a little bit of that kingpin. <laughs> a little bit of that kingpin freeing uh, Mentalo from. Is that his name? Right. Uh, sure. All right. What is his name? It's not Mutalo. It's <laughs> Mentalo. Mentalo. Uh, anyway, he's freeing him from jail. Uh, it is Mentalo, and he's freeing him from jail. And uh, then we cut to. Peter Parker having some some of his typical Parker luck where he needs to pay his bills but he can't get get to the place where he can send a money order in time, um, and then he stumbles upon this ring of uh, people uh, stealing detergent. stealing detergent, which they what they use it in a drug or something. It's no, some, it's some just weird it's expensive, so they're stealing detergent. It's silly, but it's it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, and anyway, so Spider Man's fighting. That's guys. the most important part of yeah, the fight. Yeah, yeah, I like that you spend so much time on the. But it's it's <laughs> it's it's. it's a, Teresa yeah. Parker shows up. There's a joke where he's he's he, he, the detergent truck explodes and he gets he tries to climb up a wall and he slides down. Anyway, thank you, um, Nick. <laughs> so yeah, so then a bunch of, uh, bunch of armed guards or armed guards, armed troops show up at his uh, house. They smash through his window and point guns at him, and they like uh, strap him to a helicopter and he takes off with him and uh he's like why are these people are coming after peter parker you know all right what and what so, happens next kevin so no he's <laughs> no! like he's like what, he's like why are these people after peter parker because you know you know do they know i'm spider-man or whatever and then somebody pulls up and they're like get in the car and you're like who are you it's like i'm your sister <laughs> and so it's like it's like this crazy twist where it's like uh this sister shows up out of nowhere and she's like oh, i'm a spy and i've been uh looking for you for a while because of our 
some crazy stuff that happened with our parents. And so, yeah, they, if if you people didn't know, Peter Parker does not previously have a sister. Right. This is a surprise. And so she, you know, she, she takes him with him on this kind of a spy mission to find out like if she's really his sister and what happened with their parents. Um, and they get wrapped up in this plot involving, uh, ancient Nazi, not ancient, like a, 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 these ancient uh, robots. Not, are they ancient? I don't remember. They're Older. like these giant robots that that the Nazis found and kind of they're antiques. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> antiques. and they were they were about to use them. They were like old school Sentinels, kind of. And um, uh, Peter Parker's parents trapped them underground, um, and then the only way they can get them out is through you know Peter Parker's DNA. So yeah, so a lot a lot of I think what it is is kind of. With with his sister, uh, who just basically discovered that she, who her parents were in the first place, right. uh, they're it's kind of using that as a way to tell the story a little more of the story of Peter Parker's parents, which is right, a right. really interesting thing. I feel okay. Like. So they're like, and it ends up being more of a spy book. Like, yeah, there's like, like a casino scene. Our, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically James Bond stuff. It's awesome, and they have a lot of flashbacks to them doing very like uh, Nick Fury, Agent of Field, sixties style Steranko, like fighting giant robots and like very Marvel spy stuff. Um, but they're like, yeah, cause our parents were in the CIA. Did I had never yeah, heard this that's, before. That's, oh yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a thing. When did this happen? Seventies. That's been a thing for a while. Yeah. Totally never had idea. So that, so that was like two things that were throwing me. I'm like, he has a sister. His parents were in the CIA. Well, the sister, the sister is a totally new thing. Yes. But the parents, but the parents being secret agents is totally missed that. Yeah. And that's it. That's been in the movies and stuff too. Yeah. That's why I thought it was weird in the movie. So I was like, that's a strange thing for the parents. I think it's from like the eighties or the seventies. No idea. Oh, well. But anyway, uh, so yeah, lots of action-packed, you know, international jet-setting spy stuff and action and intrigue. Uh, The Kingpin is running around very early in this, so there's obviously a lot more. They start building in, like, some supervillain stuff and... uh, But the majority of it is not your typical Spider-Man story. character-based, like, weird family stuff, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, the best thing about this is the dynamic between Peter and his maybe sister. You're never sure. Um, And, I don't know, there's a really kind of cute lines between them and uh there's a part where he pretends like uh spider-man shows up and he's trying to like throw her off and so he's like oh i'm uh, the french spider-man because you know because they're in monaco right yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's spider-man all over the world and I'm, I'm just the french spider-man and there's a really cute line later when they're um when they're like saying goodbye to each other and he says like i'll see you later and she says like we usually it was really cute like a lot of cute little stuff a lot of very clever bits yeah yeah it's got like a very uh like the dialogue between them feels like a kind of a screwball comedy yep like uh like an old 40s kind of yeah it was it yeah it's it's cool and the art is amazing yeah the art is incredible uh it's all it's all painted and uh but painted stuff can be really stiff sometimes but i feel like this is painted and it's like really energetic at the same time definitely and uh yeah it's a cool book i think if you're a spider-man fan especially a lot of spider-man fans i know have been missing peter parker yeah Um, and i love superior spider-man so peter parker but this is such a peter parker book and uh and i think it's uh you know, it's adding to the mythology of Spider-Man, which is something you don't get out of a lot of the... You yeah, know. it's yeah. great. Yeah. It's one of the best things I read this week, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, and there was a bunch of other good stuff this week out. Like, the the number ones and stuff were cool, and there was a bunch of good stuff last week. But, like, this week, what, She-Hulk 3 came out. The new Black Widow was fantastic. Moon Knight. Uh, yeah, Moon Knight number two was a really interesting, crazy book. Black uh, Metal Magneto, number three. Black Metal 3. Yeah, Black yeah, Metal Volume of... 3. Uh, yeah, it's all kinds of good stuff. So yeah. it was a good week for comics. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and a good week for the Big Planet Comics podcast. Actually, it wasn't very good. <laughs> it was an okay <laughs> week. Yeah, it was fine. We'll see you guys Sorry, next time. <laughs>